Have you ever woken up in a place and not realized where you are? Staring at an unfamiliar ceiling above you. A cold, fluorescent light flickering off in the distance. The sound of industrial activity occurring outside the thin sheet metal walls. When you first awake in a new place, you think you're home. You think you're somewhere comfortable that you're used to. Then for that moment, first upon waking, you feel fear. You feel the unknown. You begin to wonder where you are. Then as your brain wakes up, you realize where you are. You're somewhere new. Maybe on vacation. Maybe traveling for work. Or maybe even visiting a friend. More rarely, you're a prisoner. Unable to leave. Unable to move freely. That is where Nakora wakes, staring at a flickering fluorescent light, intermittently lighting up the sheet metal roof overhead. Nakora at first thinks he's back on board the Second Chance, which tends to have flickering lights, a dirty metal roof, but this one's different. The light's not in the right place. The rivets holding together the roof are not in the right place. Nakora knows each and every rivet above his bunk aboard the Second Chance, 32 long and 25 across. The numbers don't add up here. As his brain begins to wake up, coming out of that deep, restful, needed sleep, what a crazy couple of days it's been. Nakora hasn't really slept in almost three or four days now. Not since first arriving on the space station Prosperity, where he was going to recover the memory core of the computer there, which ended up being some sort of old AI, possibly even left over from the cataclysm. He is not sure yet. From there, after engaging in a fight with some guy who killed all the rest of his merchant buddies, we encountered our companion, Petra, who turned out to be a noblewoman that was masquerading as a ice miner on board the Prosperity when they were going down to the planet below in order to harvest this ice for water processing. Petra, however, was there to try and do something, whether destroy or abscond with this AI known as Subject Alpha. After a very close escape from the Prosperity, including outmaneuvering Journeyman Sterling, a representative from the Spacers Guild, the two of them fled into the drift, where they ended up encountering a strange planet wreathed in chaotic energies of the storms around them where they fought some strange creature that had seemingly manifested aboard the Second Chance. After that, another blind jump into the drift, and they ended up in an asteroid field. And finally, a few days later, after starting our adventure, Nakor and Petra finally reached the Agus Hold, a Brotherhood of Steel-run mining operation where they manufacture focusing agents, whether crystals or diamonds or some other kind of rock that they process, into these crystals that are used for focusing laser weapon fire. Generally hospitable to traveling merchants, which Nakor and Petra are masquerading as, when they dropped out of the drift, they were instantly accosted by a couple of ships pretending to be from a noble house, although before long they realized that they were actually just pretending to be from the noble house and were in fact there to cause some sort of trouble for the Brotherhood of Steel. We haven't really investigated what that's about yet. After nearly blowing up the ship in an escape attempt, Nakor and Petra finally encountered the Brotherhood of Steel as they were vaporizing a group 
of illegal miners who were blowing up these planetoid chunks illegally within the Brotherhood of Steel space. And after a few tense moments, including an entire search of the ship, Nakora and Petra were apprehended by Lieutenant Aaron Slater, who brought them back to the Agus hold, where she was reprimanded by her superior and is now assigned babysitting duty to Nakora and Petra and the second chance, which has been effectively impounded. All of this flashes through Nakora's head as he lays on his back, the paper-thin, hard, so-called mattress barely providing any support, and he lets out a sigh. At least he's been fed, he's been given some water, and he's now at least somewhat rested. Staring up at the flickering fluorescent light, Nakora begins to think of a plan of how to get out of here. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Roll. As always, I am your host, player, and GM, Hero Cities. This is episode number 24 of Iron Sworn Starforged, where as you know, we are playing Nikora Sokolov, our beloved scavenger who has also been participating in other activities. We already kind of did a recap as part of our intro for this episode, so we're not going to do a recap of last episode this time. However, you guys should be aware that this is likely going to be the last episode I'm going to be able to record for the next three weeks. I recently started a new job, and I'm going to be heading down to a different state for training for that job, and I will not have access to my computer, recording equipment, or anything else like that. It's a three-week training program for the first half of training, and I will be back up where I live during the third week of September, in which case I'm going to continue to record these episodes as I am able to do so. Really appreciate you guys continuing to listen and all your support, and even though there's going to be a brief hiatus, I will be back in about three weeks and continue to create more content for y'all to listen to. With that being said, we did finish our last scene, and we are now going to be starting a new scene. Nakora actually felt fairly in control. The Brotherhood did not take Subject Alpha. He was able to convince them that he's just transporting it for the Merchant's Guild, which, unfortunately, they're likely going to investigate. So I think our Chaos rating is going to drop back down to 5. We also have a couple of clocks ticking in the background, which we need to roll to see if they advance. I've not been telling y'all about them, so the first clock, I think, is unlikely to advance. 93, extreme no. So not only does it not advance, it also retreats a chunk. And for our second clock, I think it is 50-50 that advances. 94. Another extreme no. That will also cause this clock to retreat by one piece. So long story short, Nakora and Petra are so far off of normal traveled space lanes now that anybody who may have been tracking them or trying to find them have completely lost their trail for the most part. The Aegis Hold is pretty far out on the edge of the Outlands, almost out into the Expanse. Not quite, but it's right there on the edge, and I think that there's very little in the way of well-traveled passages through this region of the Forge. So I did not roll for anything as far as a move is concerned for the intro into this episode, but it is going to be considered taking the move to Sojourn, which will likely be how we start off our episode. So with our pre-show stuff out of the way, let's get into it. 
Nakora pulls himself off the bed, his bare feet freezing on the exposed metal floor of this barracks or hotel or whatever you want to call it. Basically, it's just a place that the Brotherhood of Steel has set aside for visitors, whether they're kind of under house arrest like Nikora and Petra are, or visiting merchants or whoever it may be. Both Petra and Nikora have had the chance to essentially hang out here and relax and recuperate and recover overnight, and they got a good meal. Well, at least the best kind of meal there is available on the Aegis Hold. Food's hard to come by here. So we were going to roll Sojourn. When you spend time recovering within a community, roll plus heart. Our heart is a big, mighty one. All right, we rolled a three on our action dice, which brings it up to a four. And we rolled a three and four on our challenge dice. Now, the question I have is, are we going to burn our momentum for the sojourn? I think we will, because this is important. So unfortunately, due to our current unprepared impact, we will take our momentum down to plus one. We were at seven momentum, which feels like a little bit of a waste, but I think this is really important. We're pretty battered, our ship's about to blow up, and we really needed this relaxation. So, you may choose to recover moves. Heal, hearten, repair, or resupply. Instead of rolling, assume a strong hit for each, and an individual action may be taken more than once. Looking over our character sheet, I think we are going to heal and resupply. We were at two health, and I think most of this is due to just being tired and exhausted, but he's also been scuffed up pretty good with the various adventures they've been having on their way here. I do think that the Brotherhood of Steel, at least some combat medic or somebody, checked them over and gave them a very basic level of medical aid, but that's really all they needed. So on a strong hit, the care is helpful. We are not wounded, so we do gain three health, bringing us back up to five. The other thing that Nikora needs is to resupply. Now, they were basically out of fuel and out of food. So I do think that this looks like is they're going to give them some more fuel for the ship and they will restock their food. It's not going to be great. It's going to be more VitaPro. It's all you need. However, we did get to be a strong hit on this, which means if you are unprepared, clear the impact and take plus one supply. We are still definitely not in a great place as far as being supplied is concerned, but they gave us a very bare minimum amount of fuel and a bare minimum amount of food for us to essentially get out of the Aegis hold and on our way. They did not, however, offer to repair the ship which is still in pretty bad shape. She's taken a beating. Nikora vented the reactor, which probably caused some kind of damage to the engines or the electrical system in general. So unfortunately, the second chance is still only at one hull point. We are going to have to get that address eventually. So we do have a new scene beginning here. We're going to explore the Aegis Hold, at least as much as Lieutenant Slater allows us to. She's going to be doggedly following Nikora and Petra around because that's her essentially punishment for bringing them into the Aegis Hold itself. So before we begin, we need to see if our scene is modified in any way. Our chaos factor is five. 
We rolled a six, so it is unmodified. I think that Petra has decided to remain low while they are here at the Agus Hold. I think that most of the noble houses have fairly extensive dealings with the Brotherhood of Steel, and she's worried that somebody might recognize her if she's just poking around. Well, I guess she could attempt to go out in a disguise. I guess a better question is, will the lieutenant allow them to split up? Will she allow Petra to stay here more or less under house arrest? I don't think that the lieutenant sees Petra as the problem here. So I think it's somewhat likely the lieutenant is going to allow Petra to stay behind. She's pretty rough too. Remember that she was spending a lot more time on that station than Nakora. So I think she's really beat and just needs a little bit more rest and relaxation to recuperate. So we're going to call it somewhat likely. We got a 14, which is not an extreme yes, but it is a yes. So the lieutenant is going to allow Petra to stay behind in her room. However, the lieutenant has also assigned somebody who, I don't know if they work in this establishment as much as are assigned here. It's kind of like a combination of like a barracks and a hotel. The lieutenant is definitely going to be following Nikora around, which could be a problem if Nikora wants to try and procure somebody to help him fix the ship. That's really what we need. We need an engineer. We need somebody on board the ship who can fix it up and otherwise, well, repair all the shit that Nakora keeps breaking. Finally, with this last scene having come to a close, we do need to update our lists. We don't have any new characters to add. We already have the lieutenant. Do we have any threads to add or remove? I think I'm going to change one of them. We need to recruit a mechanic. We already added that Nakora and Petra are under arrest, quote-unquote, by the Brotherhood, and they will have to figure out some way in order to escape from their house arrest before the Brotherhood of Steel realizes who they are and what they're carrying. How are we going to track that? I don't really want to make it a clock, so I think we'll just let it play out organically. Nakora and Lieutenant Slater make their way through the Agus Hold proper itself. As previously mentioned, it's kind of a disorienting place. The inside hollow out inside of one of these planetoids floating around in this system. Now it's large, but it's not huge. And it's disorienting because the whole entire settlement kind of slopes around the inside of this planetoid where they use artificial gravity to help keep everything on the ground, so to speak. But when you look up above you, there's buildings and factories and other things like that, spaceships being worked on, manufacturing and refining happening above your head on the other side of the planetoid. It's all relatively weird and different for Nakora, who's never been here before. And it's very disorienting because what is up, what is down, north and south don't apply. So I think that the districts of the Agus hold. Now, it's small as far as population is concerned, but I think there's a large transitory population as the Brotherhood moves in and out of here for various upgrades to their ships and mercenary contracts. But I think the actual permanent population is in the hundreds. There's not that many people. It's not tiny, but it's also not a bustling metropolis. 
The area in which Nakora is being housed is near to the primary spaceport for non-Brotherhood of Steel visitors to the Aegis Hold. I think that the Brotherhood of Steel is a fairly tight-knit community, at least at this level. I think they tend to be different organizations or groups within the Brotherhood of Steel who more or less operate independently, but this small group that is assigned here at the Aegis Hold currently are pretty close-knit. So as the lieutenant is escorting Nakora through the hold, she recognizes people frequently who kind of give her a, a glance, and sometimes she stops for a quick chat, other times... They piss off because she's a superior and in a bad mood. In general, the lieutenant is feisty. The station is also in a relatively high state of alert due to the various activities that have been going on in the Aegis Hold system itself by these marauding bands of raiders. And at this time, I think the Brotherhood of Steel, while certainly outgunning them, are vastly outnumbered by them because they only have a few battle-ready ships that are inside of this station being actively worked on and in various states of combat readiness. We already know that the lieutenant's ship is in fairly decent condition, but there's only a couple of actively functional ships located here in the Aegis Hold at this time. Perhaps the raiders even timed their attacks to coincide with one of the larger fleets moving out of the Aegis Hold to some conflict somewhere. As they're walking through the artificially lit walkways in the city, Nakora kind of turns back to look at the lieutenant who has a scowl on her face. Lieutenant Slater, you know you don't need to escort me. I am not going to do anything to upset your superior or the Brotherhood or anything like that. This is clearly a waste of your talent and resources. As he says that, she does not take it very well and glares at him. Trust me, Nakora. I know. I should have just spaced your ass when we had the chance, and then I wouldn't have to be wasting my time escorting you around the station. I do not have time to be dealing with this shit right now. If you didn't notice, we're kind of under attack. So if you don't mind, if you could hurry up your business and get out of here, that would be great. That Nakora kind of turns back around. He knows he's really not going to get anywhere with the lieutenant. She's a prickly pair. So Nakora and the lieutenant pick their way through the narrow, twisting walkways of the Aegis Hold. What is Nakora looking for specifically? We need to find an engineer or a mechanic. However, I don't think that the lieutenant is just going to let Nakora wander around and socialize with contractors that work for the Brotherhood. I don't think there's like a real civilian population here per se, but I do think there's a decent number of contractors who get hired by the Brotherhood of Steel to come work for them in the factories or designing stuff for them and that they could probably allow to bring their families and stuff like that. But there's no like permanent civilian population here other than the contractors. So Nakora is making his way through a kind of ad hoc bazaar, I guess for lack of a better word, where the family members of people who have been hired by the Brotherhood maybe buy and sell stuff, kind of not black market because it's not like illegal, but not through the like official stores here on the Aegis Hold. It's like an informal marketplace, basically. 
Otherwise, you really don't have any way to get luxury goods here. The Brotherhood doesn't import them, but whenever family members leave the station or come back, maybe they bring some luxury goods with them or exotic foods and stuff like that. And this is where the workers and their families and, of course, the Brotherhood members themselves come to do a little bartering and trading. Nakora is going to start picking his way through the various stalls and not attempting to lose the lieutenant, but attempt to at least get a moment to himself where he can talk to people without her overhearing him. So my first question is, is it busy in the bazaar? Is there enough people around that it's going to be relatively easy to get separated from the lieutenant by a large group of people? Unfortunately, due to the current state of what's going on here in the Aegis Hold and the fact that I think almost all hands on deck right now for Brotherhood members preparing for defenses and other things like that. So I think it's unlikely it's very busy. 73. Nope. Most of the kind of makeshift stalls are actually empty. And there's a few people kind of floating around. It wasn't an extreme no, but there's just not that many people here. Nakora browses through some of the goods and the different stalls set up here until he comes across a table full of various miscellaneous electronics goods and other stuff like that. Not ship parts per se, but, you know, wires, capacitors, transformers, and other various spacey stuff that's used as for like creating electronics maybe at the home level or possibly just as a patch or the space equivalent of just slapping some duct tape on it in order to get some sort of function out of it. Nakora turns back once again to the lieutenant who's sitting there tapping her foot impatiently checking her comms device as if she's praying for someone to call her on it in order to get her done with her stupid guard duty of Nakora. I think she's not seeing him as much of a threat anymore. I mean, he's just wandering around, and she's kind of distracted, but still obviously keeping a very close eye on Nakora. As he turns back to her, she kind of looks at him again, her mouth turned down into a pouty frown. What is it now, Spacer? What do you want? Nakora puts on this face of being almost hurt, but it's just a facade. I told you before, Lieutenant. The second chance, my ship, is in bad repair. I need to scavenge some parts in order to hopefully do some makeshift repairs on it. I could be here for a while looking for exactly what I need. The lieutenant lets out another sigh. It's always kind of hot here in the Aegis hold. All those factories pumping out materials for the Brotherhood and exhaust from various transportation vehicles. and They're functionally inside of a planetoid. There's no real place for the air to escape. I think there's vents built on the surface, which vents out all the majority of the toxic fumes uh, into space around the planet, just so people don't suffocate and die. But there still is this nasty metallic flavor to the air. Everything's overly recycled. It's stale. It's kind of muggy and hot because there's not really any place for the air to go. It doesn't really circulate. It just kind of gets half-heartedly blown around by these giant recirculation fans built into the inside of the planet. The lieutenant is sweating. Lieutenant, I know it's hot here, and I know you're uncomfortable. He motions over to a nearby bar. Well, I say a bar, it's really just a couple of stools leaned up against a sheet metal table with a couple of bottles. Why don't you go get yourself a drink? You can still keep an eye on me, and I'll pick over the stuff on the table. The lieutenant is still very suspicious of Nakora, but she also hates her job. She doesn't see him as a threat anymore. Is she willing 
to go along with what he wants her to do. I don't know. We're going to make it a compel role. This will be with Hart because we're trying to pacify her more or less, which for us, of course, as always, is a great big one. We rolled a three on our action dice, which gives us a four, and a one and a seven on the challenge dice. Weak hit. Weak hit as above. So they'll do what you want or agree to your conditions plus one momentum, but there's a complication. She looks over at the bar, where presumably they might have something cold to drink. She looks back at Nakora. Okay, Spacer, if you try any funny business, I'm going to shoot you dead. Right here, in the bazaar. And you're paying my tab for having to deal with your ass. She spins around on her heel and makes her way over to the bar, where she orders some kind of cool, non-alcoholic beverage to drink. The bar has some kind of fan lazily rotating, at least barely moving the air, and she sits there watching Nakora as he picks through the parts on the table. Now this is the chance Nakora needed. He needs to try and locate a mechanic that they can bring with them aboard the second chance. And this table in the bazaar, I guess, filled with all of these electronic parts, is as good a place as any. Who is working the table? Let's see if we can come up with an idea of who this person is. Grim and Haggard. Okay, is this guy old? He is middle-aged, and how is he initially as we approach the table? So Nakora, after distracting the lieutenant with a cold beverage, is poking around this table. Nakora is used to pretty variable climates, being a scavenger. But it is hot and humid, and the air tastes like metal flakes, and it smells. There's this certain smell that comes with constantly recycling the same air over and over again. The scrubbers just don't really do much anymore. He's kind of miserable. And the guy who is working behind the counter looks haggard. He looks tired and run down torn clothes and otherwise is just has this look on his face of just not giving a shit he does not care whether Nakora buys anything or not he does not care about anything anymore the man looks like he's about ready to give up Nakora kind of absently just pushes around some of the electronic debris on the table the guy barely even looks up at him. Nakora clears his throat to try and get his attention, but this guy just is not even responding to him. Excuse me, Nakora says. The man is fanning himself with some discarded piece of plastic, looks over his makeshift fan at Nakora. What do you want? What you see is what I got, nothing else. Nakora's a little taken aback by, by just how hopeless this man is, but without any real other option... Nakora keeps poking around at the piles, looks back over at the lieutenant, who's ordering another drink, and turns back to the man. Ship's electronics a little fried. Got anything that might help fix a VI? The man, who's still lazily fanning himself, stops for a moment and looking over at Nakora. You got a ship? Yeah, you look like one of those types that comes through here every once in a while. Trying to sell off some shit to the Brotherhood. They never buy it. They don't want it. Cora kind of raises an eyebrow at that. Is that how you got here? I don't really think so. I have a better idea, but we'll call it very unlikely. 86. Extreme no. The man rubs his eyes a little bit, big dark bags under them as he kind of looks up at one of the ships that's being worked on at the factories on the other side, the hollowed out planetoid. No, I did used to work on a ship. One of those. One of the Brotherhood ships. Worked down in the engines. 
Did this man do something to cause him to be fired from his position? I think uh, 50-50. Just barely a no. He shakes his head. No, wasn't me. I didn't cause it. It was my apprentice. I told the Brotherhood the man wasn't ready for it. My wife's illness had gotten worse and she was really sick. I had to stay back here to take care of her, give her some medicine. The ship had to go on a mission. They sent my apprentice out on that mission. Boy did something stupid. The old man stops talking for a minute. Makora kind of picks up another chunk of electronic scrap off the table, looking at it, glances back over to the lieutenant who's doing her best to ignore the bartender that's bothering her as she keeps drinking her chilled drink. And what happened? The scrap dealer kind of shakes his head. I don't know. Ship never made it back. Reports said reactor went critical. Blamed it on the engineer. They always blame it on the engineer. Between you and me, son, I think he probably blew that ship up accidentally. Boy was never smart. McCorrick doesn't really know what to say. He looks back at the haggard man. What happened next? The man kind of looks up at him. Why do you care, stranger? I don't even know your name. McCorrick extends his hand. Kor Sokolov, owner and captain of the Second Chance. The man looks down at his hand, his own hands covered in grease and grime and soot, and shakes it. Round here, I'm known as Tinker. Now tell me, I doubt you care that much about my story. And I saw you coming in with the lieutenant over there. I don't know her personally, but I heard stories. You in trouble, boy? Nakora kind of glances back over where the lieutenant's sitting, trying not to draw attention to the fact he's looking at her. She sees him and kind of narrows her eyes a bit, but doesn't leave her chair just yet. Yeah, Tinker, you could say I'm in some trouble. Well, not trouble. Problem is, ship's busted up, my VI's broken, and I don't have a mechanic. It's just me and my friend, and she is resourceful, but no mechanic. Tinker kind of looks back at Nakora. You saying you trying to offer me a job? Now, can Tinker leave the Aegis Hold, or is he stuck here until his case has been finalized? I'm going to call it 50-50. 07, extreme no. Tinker looks back up at Nakora, his dirty, haggard face, unshaven. Look, Nakora, they don't care about me. I'm not useful to him anymore. I legally can't leave the station. I'm stuck here, a prisoner. I hate it. I hate selling this shit, he says as he, like, gestures at the table around him. I can barely make enough to keep myself fed. As much as it saddens me, I'm glad my wife can't see it now. I'm glad I got to spend those last days with her. There's nothing left for me here now. Kids are gone. My wife's dead. And I don't think the Brotherhood even remembers me. Cora picks up some kind of larger transformer off the table. You seriously a mechanic? Tinker looks down at the part in his hand. That right there is a transformer from the inside of a TU-T578623 Barracuda. Hell of a fine racing vehicle. Too bad their engines tend to explode. Tinker looks up at him. I'm the real deal, Spacer. Nakora's smile quickly turns into a grin. Tell you what, can't sit here much longer talking to you, or the lieutenant over there is going to start getting suspicious. But I got an offer for you, Tinker. I'll get you off this rock. You help me fix my ship? It's all we need. Done deal. You're welcome to stay aboard, get a cut of the profit if we ever make any, or else you're free to go once you fix up my ship, specifically my VI. Tinker kind of looks a little sheepish. I ain't ever worked on an AI. I'm an engines guy, but theoretically, he waits with a long pause. I should be able to figure it out. Electronics, electronics. They all work the same way. 
So we're gonna roll a compel here. This is a straight heart roll. We rolled a big fat one on our action dice and a five and an eight on our challenge dice. Not matches, but a miss. On a miss, they refuse or make a demand that costs you greatly. Tinker looks down at his table, full of all of these various scraps of electronics, and looks back up at Nakora. Look, Nick, I may hate it here. I may not have much to live for, but I'm not about to get killed by the Brotherhood. They got people everywhere. You don't run away from them. I'll go with you, Nakora, but I'm not going to do it by getting smuggled out of here. You're going to have to get my case heard. They may throw me in prison, maybe a fine. They may release me. They may even give me my old job back. But I'm not running away with my tail tucked between my legs. Gotta get it done right, he says with a nod. His face kind of falls again. Though I sure would love to hear the humming of an engine around me. Court doesn't really know what to say, but he does look back at the lieutenant. It's been about ten minutes or so he's been talking, and she motions for him to come over. Clearly getting impatient, she has three empty glasses on the bar. Nikor curses slightly under his breath. No doubt it's expensive on this station. Before he goes, picks up some random scrap off the table. Tell you what, Tinker, if I get the chance, I'll see what I can do to help you out. But no promises. These Brotherhood of Steel bastards are stubborn. He turns back towards the lieutenant, and Tinker, his dark, heavy-lidded eyes, watching his back go away. And he whispers to himself, I sure hope so, son. I sure hope so. And with that, our episode fades to a close. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to One Guy, One Roll. I had a great time making this episode, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. As I said in the introduction, I'm going to be gone for three weeks for training for my new job. So unfortunately, this is probably going to be the last episode I'm able to publish until I return. Thank you all for your patience and continued listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. The fact that everyone continues to listen and support me, even though I know I haven't been quite able to keep up with publishing an episode a week, means a lot to me. And I'm really hoping that I'll be able to keep producing more content and getting it all edited and published out there for y'all to listen to. This is not going to be an abandoned project, I promise you that. I'm having way too much fun, and I can't wait to see where the story with Nikora goes from here. That being said, if you wish to provide a little bit of monetary support to help me keep the podcast going and updating my equipment and everything, I do have a Patreon over on patreon.com slash one guy one roll where a few of you have been so kind and generous with your donations every month. I would like to extend an extra special thank you to Journeyman JL and Journeyman Wes. You guys are awesome and your continued patronage is humbling. Thank you so much. I hope that everyone continues to enjoy listening to One Guy One Roll and I'll be back in a few weeks. I've been your host, player, and GM Hero City signing off. Take care and stay safe out there, y'all.